You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. I'm so glad you've joined uh, me again for uh, another episode. So, uh, the next four or five parts or episodes um, is a four or five part series on the ordinances of the local church. Church ordinances. You say, what in the world is a church ordinance? And how do you even spell it? O-R-D-I-N-A-N. C-E. In this technological age, I realize that you can look it up just as easily as I can. So let me tell you what I did look up just to save you a few moments. Uh, one quote is this. It is a religious ritual um, whose intent is to demonstrate the faith of believers. So a religious ritual or a church tradition whose intent it is to demonstrate the faith of believers. Let's see another quote. It is a Christian rite. Now that's R-I-T-E. Associated with tangible elements, and that is water for baptism, uh, bread and wine, or bread and juice for the Lord's Supper. So it is a Christian rite associated with tangible elements that is celebrated by the Church of Jesus Christ. Both of these are, uh, you know, pretty good, pretty decent definitions. Um, but, you know, I don't know about you, but I like to um, come up with my own definition sometimes. So I'll give you a, a quote from me, Brian Ray, uh, from the Doctrine and Duty podcast, Worldwide Ministries. Uh, I would say the ordinances are two corporate acts uh, initiated and commanded by Jesus Christ for His church to participate in, to experience, to enjoy, and to follow. So there it is. Uh, A most awesome definition of a church ordinance. It is uh, defined as two corporate acts initiated by and commanded by Jesus Christ for His church to participate in, to experience, to enjoy, and to follow. Now, as you see, I have delineated uh, church ordinances as two. Uh, The other two definitions uh, assume those, especially the second one where it mentions the tangible elements, uh, for example, water and then the bread and and the juice or the bread and the wine. So, the two ordinances of the church, and this is within evangelical Christianity, uh, Protestantism. So you probably won't see, will not see this within Catholicism or things such as that. Uh, but uh, for those of us who are Protestant, and specifically for those of us who are Baptist, um, we believe that the two elements, or I'm sorry, the two ordinances of the local church are baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism, we would say, we would argue, we would list it first, not just because it's alphabetically first, but also because it is that first genuine act of obedience from a new believer. Okay, so since it is first, we're going to talk about it second. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, we really are. So I want to bring your attention to the Lord's Supper. You may or may not remember the history for the Lord's Supper, so I want to give you a snapshot of the history of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper, as I stated in my definition, was initiated by the Lord Jesus Christ, and He initiated it during the celebration of Passover. Now, this was the time once a year when the Jews would celebrate their escape from Egyptian slavery and bondage. And so it was called the Passover. During the Passover, uh, and also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 
This is the time when they celebrated they were rescued. And so this is the time where the disciples were preparing the Passover for Jesus, and they began to consume the Passover. The Bible says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verse 14, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So, there you have the origination, the initiation of the Lord's Supper. Jesus says, Do this in remembrance of me, or this do in remembrance of me. So, this is a, co a command of Jesus that we do this to remember him. Now, there are a lot of associated, oh wow, associated doctrines theological pointers that go along with, um, we might say, the doctrine of the Lord's Supper, the theology surrounding the Lord's Supper, one of the ordinances of the local church. Um, for that, uh, we're going to reserve that for the next one or two podcasts, or, or, or the bulk of that. For now, I want us to turn to uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, because that is the passage where uh, Paul really deals with this, this subject matter. And he does so because of a very dysfunctional um, celebration of the Lord's Supper in the church at Corinth. He says in chapter 11, verse 17, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating it, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in, or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. And then he gives some more specific commands. But the setting for Paul giving us the specific commands is a dysfunctional church. It's a church where some people show up early and eat. They consume the elements. They eat all the bread, and they drink all of the wine. And so the ones who get there first are basically drunk, and the ones who get there later have no way to participate in the Lord's Supper service. So this is a, a very tragic picture that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which is why Paul goes on to say next how and why we are to receive the Lord's Supper. He says in verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So there we have uh, somewhat of a summary of what Jesus shared with his disciples uh, with a little bit of clarity added. And then verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's, it's really interesting how Paul summarizes the Lord's Supper. He says that when we do this thing, we are 
making a public proclamation, a church-wide, a corporate, and even public, as, as now everything that a church does is public. We are publicly declaring the Lord's Supper service will be consumed until the Lord Jesus returns. So when we participate in the Lord's Supper, we are proclaiming that Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place and for our sins. And so the Lord's Supper is a celebration. It is an ordinance where the believers get to participate in with one another. It is a joyful event. It is also a, a very contemplative and reflective event where we consider the weightiness of Jesus giving his body and his blood for our sins. And, of course, there's lots of questions about the, um, the various doctrines of the Lord's Supper as far as what, what about the elements involved. Very quickly, I'll, I'll share with you that in the current uh, corona phase in which we live, we at our church personally do the little um, sealing or sealed up individual units. And um, that seems to be something that's worked very well for us. But there's a little wafer representing the bread, which represents the body of Christ. And there's, there's a little bit of juice representing uh, the juice or the wine that Christ used. And then, of course, that represents his blood. So uh, very specifically, uh, we are called to participate in the Lord's Supper. Now, as far as the, the mindset, remember, Paul has dealt with some major issues at the church at Corinth. And so in verse 27, he kind of goes back to that. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. It's very interesting because he, he had already said that there were divisions and factions. Even prior to the people eating and drinking before anyone else, getting drunk, others going away without anything, Paul says there are divisions and factions. So that would be, if you are divisive, if you are participating in a division in the church or disunity or gossip or slander, then then basically Paul is saying you, you are disqualified from receiving the Lord's Supper. You should examine your heart and get your heart right before consuming the Lord's Supper. He says, let a man examine himself, then let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We examine ourselves by way of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit teaches and, and encourages and equips uh, the people of God. And so we are called to examine ourselves and then eat and drink of the Lord's Supper. It says that uh, in verse 29, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many have died. So in Paul's day, the mighty judgment of God fell upon some people. So much so because they did not recognize the weightiness and the preciousness of the Lord's Supper service. We as the people of God, as we look back on the cross, and as we take joy and delight in who Christ is and what Christ has done, we are a people who have the opportunity to rightly participate in the Lord's Supper. And it is my prayer that you and I will do so for the very glory of God. Okay? Hey, listen, I love you. We've, uh, wow, we've been together 11 or 12 minutes uh, on this episode. So praise the Lord. Uh, yeah, so I do love you. And I want you in church. Uh, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Please come see us at Alexander Baptist Church, and uh, you can log on. You can check out old sermons on our website, abch.org, our Facebook page. You can like us and follow us. But we'd love to have you here in person as well. 
whether you live here or if you're just passing through, come join us at a theologically conservative Southern Baptist Church. We love Jesus. Our purpose is the the glory of God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, His gospel and His glory. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.